I'm Dan O'Donnell. It's The Difference, a podcast that sits at the intersection of politics and economics. And no more so does that happen than in an election year. Joining me now, as he does every week, to talk about that and more, Dave Spano, president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Fitting that we're recording this on President's Day, Dave, because we've got a presidential election going on this year. And since the two candidates we think, I know you still believe, and I tend to uh, agree more and more with each passing week, that Joe Biden is not going to be the Democrats' candidate. We do know that, barring something totally unforeseen, Trump is going to be the Republicans' candidate. This is going to be the longest slog of a general election cycle in the history of presidential politics, but we talk about the financial aspect of that as well. How do markets and how does the American economy at large typically behave in an election year? During the presidential year, you've seen a continuation of an upward market. You can go all the way back to the 1960s to see that, especially when an incumbent is running. Now, let's go back to the first comment that you and I have this $100 bet that Biden might not be the candidate. And you'll, you look at it and say, is Joe Biden talking to his sister, right? Because they're saying that's the inside scoop right yeah. now. If his sister talks him out of running because of age or health, what happens and who's going to replace him? You know, it's not going to be a Michelle Obama. Will it have to be the vice president? And will they really want to do that? That's a big decision. It's a big conversation point. The market is only thinking that that's a 17% chance. But you're saying there's a chance, right? As the saying goes, but 17% is what predicted has it that he'll resign during his first term. That is really shocking. That is shocking. The fact that there's still, there's a predicted number on it, right? And it actually has come down. It was as high as 25% and heading and actually uh, trending down, Dan. So that's number one. Number two is, you know, it looks like Trump obviously is going to be the guy and we're going to have to hear about this for the next several months. The market's suggest that we have an upward trend. It started that way, probably have some downward revisions as we come in, and then a bull market into the election has been the historical numbers that we have seen. So we'll have to see. Right now we're at 5,000 as we record this. Markets closed today on President's Day on the S&P 500. Most uh, firms, even the big firms like Goldman Sachs, suggesting 5,200. So not a big pullback, but we don't know what we don't know. Right now, the Fed is suggesting three rate cuts, Dan. If that happens, this is all starting to get baked in right now. So none of it is new news. But what we don't know is what we don't know. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many uncertainties. One thing that's actually kind of surprising as as we talk about markets and how much they are carried by the Magnificent Seven, I uh, saw a story somewhere that uh, the, the Magnificent Seven companies, what are they? Uh, let's see if I can do it by memory. Apple, Amazon, mm-hmm. Google Alphabet, yeah. Facebook Meta, Tesla, Microsoft, mm-hmm. and NVIDIA. Did I get them all? You got it. Yeah. I think you might have eight, but that's okay. You okay. What well, the magnificent eight? <laughs> well, may have Meta and Facebook, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, Meta and Facebook. Great. And Meta that's really is the what's company. moving the market. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that, I saw this. Sixty percent of the weight. Deutsche Bank says that the magnificent sevens combined market cap alone would make it the second largest country's stock exchange in the entire world. <laughs> okay, like that. just it's... those seven companies. I mean, yeah. are we getting to a point? where it's, I don't want to say monopolistic control over 
because these companies sort of handle different aspects of tech. But when we're so wait, when our market is so dependent upon seven companies, like you get a major right. scandal at Nvidia, and I know everybody's waiting right. with bated breath for the for the latest earnings report. Like, let's yeah. say an Nvidia chip makes all AI immediately turn on its masters and start killing people. <laughs> like, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it it, it yep. creates Skynet, and you've got uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> clones running around uh, just murdering people left and right. What does that yep. do? Outside of the well, well, obvious well, just think, impact just, of a robot, robot apocalypse. But if, <laughs> right. I, you know, I'm being absurd intentionally here. Yeah, but I, I know, but, but think about the overweight. I mean, why would you yeah. do that? If there's 500 companies in the S&P 500 and you put all your chips on just those seven, the other 493 are kind of left behind. So as an investment thesis, that really doesn't seem like the, the right thing to do. So that's why just investing in the S&P 500 alone when there's such an overweight, you know, 25% of the market cap in those seven stocks, that is a significant overweight, but people are afraid, you know, they have FOMO, right? The fear of yeah. missing out. So right now you should have exposure to it. We're going to see NVIDIA later this week and it's going to drive a lot of other names as well because of chip. But is it already priced in? That is really the conversation. You know, small caps already had a bear market and the S&P 500 is at at all-time highs at 5,000 on the S&P. So it just seems logical that you wouldn't start to diversify, look at perhaps smaller caps, look at perhaps international, even fixed income. As we all know, when interest rates go down, prices go up. When And all we're talking about now is when interest rates are going to go down. So you start to see some appreciation in the fixed income. So go through small caps, fixed income, international, diversification in the S&P 500. These are the things that people need to do in their portfolios and not push all chips in yeah. on NVIDIA. You know, you look at SMCI, super microcomputers, went from 250 to 1,000 just in the last couple of months. So there is an overweight. That also means that there's going to be risk in those stocks. Mm-hmm. That's not a really good investment thesis. You know, obviously, the old all eggs in one basket doesn't make sense. Well, and this is why we always say know what you own, know why you own it, know if you're too exposed to one sector or one company. Like, really go through your portfolio. Have a second set of eyes looking at it. That's what you do at Annex Wealth. It's where you get started on your free wealth metric, a review of your portfolio, so you can uh, sort of take all the twists and turns in election year investing as they come and know that you are taken care of. And we do, of course, need to talk about the topic that dominates all of financial conversation, and that is the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve, for sure, is starting to see eye to eye with the markets. They expected the three rate cuts, and now the market expected six. So they're starting to see eye to eye. But, you know, this is all going to have a bigger influence on where politics and economics cross streets because when the Federal Reserve has to lower interest rates, why are they going to lower interest rates? Are they going to do it because of the fact that they have inflation under control? Or are they going to do it because GDP is going to start to slow? The predicted number is 40% that they're going to see a recession either the end of 24 or into 2025. 
that's what we have to look at is are they going to do it because the markets are starting to slow down the economy starting to slow down and we're looking like we're going to have a, not a soft landing you know and we talked about a soft landing as you remember in yeah. 2023 and i said you know hold on a second Everyone said there's going to be a recession. I said, until you start to see negative GDP, you're not going to get that. But we're starting to get indications that things are starting to slow down. And that's where you're going to have a problem, especially, you know, here's the other thing. And I meant to bring this up to you. Both Biden and Trump are trying to take credit for the market doing so well and the economy doing well. They better be careful what they're talking about here because of the fact that these things can slow down and the economy can slow down, especially as we get into the election into 25. So be careful what you wish for because the economy has a mind of its own. <laughs> yeah, it certainly does. I, I mean, I guess... I Nothing seems to be making sense in terms of the normal cycle of, you know, pullbacks and and you know, advancements. Right. Is because, this because be all the money, Fisca, right. fiscal and monetary policy is like we've never seen before, right? So we went from you know zero percent. They were the arsonist and, and still yeah. buying mortgage-backed securities, right? So they did all of that on on the Fed side, and then you came in with fiscal policy on top of it in the trillions of dollars, right? So all of this money went into the market, and again, it has a lagging effect, and that is a perfect example. All of this money went into the market, and we're still on this high of all of this free money that went out there. As that wears off and a higher interest rate start to have a lagging effect, they will have a lagging effect as we go into 24 and 25. So that's where you have to be careful if you're an investor and you're putting all chips in because you're afraid of missing out on this thing because you have to go through your portfolio. But I will tell you right now, if either one of these guys are going to take credit for the economy, they could be biting the hand that feeds them because right now as we head into 24 and 25, they are seeing a slowdown in a number of indicators. When do you think that slowdown happened? I know it's uh, predicting the impossibility. Uh, it's right. always been my belief, and you know I'm a little bit more conspiratorial in my thinking, that they are trying like heck to push back any sort of lagging effect of monetary policy until after the election, because it is my very strong belief that nobody involved wants Trump to be reelected. Whether or not Jerome Powell was nominated by Trump, we see pretty much... Unless Trump said he wants him gone. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So Jerome Powell does not continue as Federal Reserve chairman. So there is, a, you know, and I don't want to impugn Powell's character, but this is just sort of basic human instinct 101, right? You look out right? for but, number but, but one. But we're not seeing that, Dan, right? Because if that were true, they would go out and start cutting interest rates. Right now, the 10-year Treasury is 100 basis points or more. It's actually more than that under what the Fed rates are. So there generally but is a, more of an equalization. Don't Why they isn't also, he cutting rates? But because isn't the far bigger problem politically inflation? So if all of a sudden yep. you're cutting rates even more, you're going to see inflation yep. go through the roof again. And if people are paying, you know, five dollars a gallon for gas and the price of Cheerios goes even higher than it is now, you know, at an even mm -hmm. faster rate, people are right. going to blame the president. So that's always been and not only belief. that, but you look and I've, I've argued this all along. Who does inflation hurt the most? 
right? It doesn't hurt a high-income earner like you. It hurts you, the single mom. I do you know, like you. you I do city. like how you say just me. Now, Dave Spano, <laughs> man of the people. Dan O'Donnell looking down from, from O'Donnell Manor while I'm he goes. Ditch digger. While he I'm goes to ditch yeah, digger. Brother. While he goes. While he goes swimming in his vault of money like Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, Dan O'Donnell, <laughs> the one percenter. Keep going. I'm just sorry to interrupt. Digger. I just did have to point that out. You know I love you, but it's the fact. That I, but I'm, I'm, but I'm you're right. That you're right. Certain, and you know what? Yeah, in in I am. People. I am a. I'm not. You know, uh, Spano actually is recording this from the International Space Station. So that's he just decided to take a trip to space. <laughs> I got a rocket. With, I built uh, a rocket like the yeah, rest. Yeah, with of the Richard Branson. Yeah, sure. He's just chilling. No, uh, I am a. I am a very high income earner. As are so like yeah, I'm still going to go out to dinner on Valentine's Day, even though it's mm-hmm. you know way more expensive. I'm, it's not going to impact me. Someone who's making twenty thousand dollars or someone who's retired on a fixed income, that's yep. devastating, right? And that's the demographic that the current president exactly. wants, right? Yep. And so when he doesn't do that, I mean, you still talk to folks. Why don't they feel good about the economy? I mean, they say, well, the economy's doing well and the stock market's up. It's because 50% of Americans don't have exposure to the stock market. And those same people are getting crushed by, as you say, the price of milk and the price of gasoline. So what is he going to do to try to do that? Lower interest rates so inflation heats up again? That is exactly the reason why we're not seeing rate cuts. So that is what we're going to have to look at as we go into this thing. And does the economy continue to slow down as inflation stays up, a stagflation economy? That would suck, as we say in the economic business. Yeah, it, it certainly would. I mean, Honestly, I have long ago stopped predicting what I think the Federal Reserve is going to do, what markets are going to do. I mean, everything, it seems, for the last year has defied gravity. But this is why you need to listen to this podcast every single week as we talk about politics, we talk about economics, and most importantly, we talk about how both impact your future and your bottom line. It is the difference we do urge you always to get that free wealth metric a portfolio review at annexwealth.com it's easy uh, i'm doing it myself sitting down with dave's great team and just taking a look at what it is that i'm doing to make sure i'm making as many right decisions as possible annexwealth.com for dave spano president and ceo of annex wealth management i'm dan o'donnell this is the difference Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of this podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be considered as tax, legal, or investment advice or recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.